0: Welcome back to another episode of C-Student Theology. My name is CJ Pierce. I'm the pastor of White Sulphur Baptist Church in Georgetown, Kentucky. And our goal with this podcast is to make Christianity accessible to the average person. And to be honest, uh, this might be the most on-the-nose episode that I've done as far as that goal, uh, making Christianity accessible to the average person, discipleship, understandable, and easy to comprehend. Today, I have a special guest, uh, Beth Meverden. Beth has been in youth ministry for over 25 years. She's married to the most amazing man alive and has three wonderful children. She started the Train Your Child ministry to empower parents to train their children to know, love, and share Jesus. And today she is with us to talk a little bit about these things. So Beth, it is good to have you with us today.
1: Hey, I'm so excited to be here. This is super fun.
0: Yeah, thanks for being here. So can you tell us about uh, a little bit more about the Train Your Child ministry?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So like CJ said, I've been doing youth ministry for over 25 years. And um, what ended up happening is um, basically working in the church and growing up with the church myself, what I kept seeing in teenagers um, that had grown up in the church. I'm going to call them churchies because for some reason that's a, a title that kind of has stuck. Um, <clears throat> I kept seeing parents abdicate, abdicating their role as the primary evangelist and disciple maker in their children's lives. Basically what that means is they say, Hey, um, we pay you for spiritual training, pastor, youth, pastor, children's pastor. And um, so go ahead and do that. I don't have the biblical understanding. I don't have the training. I don't have the degree you do. And so I'm just going to trust and uh, entrust my children to you, and want you to do that. And so that's caused a lot of different things to happen in the American Christian Church. Um One of the things is a disconnected understanding of the Bible. And so when they get to me as as youth, as students, they um, what they understand is based on Children's ministry trends, basically what their children's directors, what their children's pastors have chosen to teach. So if they've gone through a systematic uh, way of learning, like a scope and sequence every two years, we're learning the same things to make sure that everything is covered by the time they graduate from uh, children's ministry, fifth grade, sixth grade. Um, then they're going to have a better understanding. But often what will happen is there's a big push to teach on fruit of the spirit, big push to teach on full armor of God because they're easy to teach and they're so fun to teach. I also do children's ministry, so I know that stuff too. And so I see that. Also, then there's a compartmentalized faith that I see, excuse me, in students because what they see is, so think of uh, spirituality like a jigsaw puzzle. And students will say, okay, one piece is my friends, one piece is my family, one piece is Jesus, one piece is Sunday school, one piece is youth group, one piece is school, one piece, and they just go like that. And I remember hearing one time early on in my early 20s. That really how we should be teaching our children and our students is that Jesus is the picture on the jigsaw puzzle. He is not a piece. Mm. And when you explain that to teenagers, it's a new concept. It should not be a new concept. That your whole world is to be lived congruently with integrity for Jesus. But that's what keeps happening is they separate it. It's very compartmentalized. And that happens because... It's not, there's not a continuing spiritual discipleship happening at home and at church. It just happens at church. And then another problem that we see is that the average Christian will say that they attend church. What We were talking about that just this week. Um,
0: 50%
1: of the time, they think that that is normal attendance.
0: Right. And we were, like I said, in Southern Baptist churches, which is the context I'm in right now. Um, I think it's 1.5 times a month is they would consider themselves regular attenders at church.
1: Yeah, it just breaks my heart. So yeah. the reason that it breaks my heart, it's really frustrating is because even if you do teach with a scope and sequence and, you know, a plan is a children's director, say you're going to talk about the life of Moses. If you've got a kid there one and a half weeks, you know, one or two weeks, they're going to miss so much of that. And if you're not going through it in another two years, uh, they may never hear that story again. And so what I get then in youth ministry, and I'm sure, CJ, you got that when you were in youth ministry as well, is you've got kids that have a sort of, I mean, hopefully an understanding of salvation and have accepted Jesus. Uh, Teenagers always want to talk about revelation. It's a big youth ministry joke. They might know something about Noah's Ark uh who moses was hopefully abraham the jesus stories jesus walking on water those kind of things but they don't have a a full understanding of the full gospel of of the bible of, of the word and so the whole gospel and so um that makes it really hard so what ended up happening for me with all that with all that knowledge and what i kept seeing in students was i was like this needs to the training needs to be first of all it needs to be at home Second of all, it needs to start earlier because I will do my very, very best. But if I only have students once a month, twice a month, um, and they are very confused about their faith, like what, how to implement it at school, I can only do so much because I only get them for one or two hours a week. So I started looking at that and recognizing I was talking to a youth pastor friend and he said, one thing that's frustrating, he, he had a parent call him and yell at him <clears throat> and say, my kid is not living for Jesus. And it's your fault. That's what I pay you for.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And he called me. And he was like, oh, we were like 24, you know, <laughs> so young. And he was like, I don't know what to do with this. I was like, well, what do you do? Tell her. And he said, church is a vitamin. It is not a meal. It is meant to supplement what you are already doing at home. And that mom was floored. Like, what do you mean it's my job? It's your job. You're being paid for that. And so in youth ministry and children's ministry, that's the pushback that we get. And it's really frustrating. But for parents to understand, it's your job. It's our job. God's commanded us. we will talk about that just in a little bit in, in part of the podcast. But one thing that happened to me is that I had my own kids. And our oldest was getting closer. She was three years old. She was getting closer to kindergarten. And so I started to look for material to train her to be a missionary in the public school. We really have felt like God has um, called us to be a missionary in the public school kind of family. We support homeschool families, we support Christian school families, but for our family, definitely we wanted them to be prepared. When they go to college and i looked and looked and looked for that stuff and it's just nowhere their focus on family didn't have anything family life didn't have anything whatever and so i just started to write it for her and uh, i called it training your child at the time so that's where it kind of started and basically i just spent about 20 minutes a week doing fun activities with her, but explaining what does it mean that everyone needs God? What does it mean that we are ambassadors for him and representatives of him? What does it mean to be a student? What does that actually look like? And then what does it mean to be a friend and to, and to be an influence in other people's lives? And so that was, it was a really, really fun. So then we had two other kids and I took both of them through it. And I ended up um, handing it over to a friend who did it in a a preschool setting. I've done it in Sunday school for bigger kids and younger kids. It's just a pretty manageable resource, but that's kind of where it all started. That's awesome. Thank you. And then also ended up starting a blog that I said, you know, I've got it. There's got to be some way that I can get this information out because the curriculum itself isn't fully developed. And so, I mean, it's done now. It's just not into the right hands to get it out yet. And so I wanted to just start writing this encouragement to the parents so that they're ready to go. And I think it's been, I was trying to figure it out. I still don't know. It's like 11 or 12 years that I've been writing parenting encouragement devotionals. And so there's a lot of them out there. that are all free. You can find it at BethMeverton.com if you click on the blog tab and it's all right there. So that's kind of where it came. And then now I'm into the, I actually have been writing, compiling some of those devotionals and and making devotional books. I've been writing some other books. So it's kind of developed into this uh, ministry where it was just really, I just wanted to have as much resources as I could for parents out there because that's what I kept hearing from parents. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Part of the reason I don't do it is I don't know how to do it. So,
0: yeah, that's, I mean, one of the things I love about this story is that this ministry wasn't born out of, I want to, I, you know, I want to grow a platform or I want to make something, you know, specifically to sell. Like that wasn't like the place that you started. You weren't building a product, right? You were right. building a tool specifically for your family and, you know, God bless that effort and there's, there's something that works there. And so now through that, it's blessing other families, which is really exciting. So you said that when you were uh, at the very beginning, you kind of went looking for what you ended up designing yourself, right? Yeah. Um, why do you think there was such a lack of things in this space? Do you have any thoughts on on why those weren't out there yet?
1: Yes, absolutely, I do. I believe that part of it is that we have gotten into routine as the American Christian Church, that when you walk in the door, kids go one direction, teens go the other direction, way, way back in the back so they can be loud, and adults go to the other direction, pass the coffee, pass the bookshop, so that they can have a break and go get fed. And it's for some reason we've created this spectatorship Christianity, and it's not right. It's not biblical. There is a place for age stage involvement, group involvement, and I definitely am a proponent for that. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm a youth minister and a children's ministry, right? So um. I really believe in that, but I think part of it is that we have not been educated, that we don't really know what it means for us to be our children's primary evangelist and disciple maker. We don't know how to do it at home. We don't know how to do it at church. And so we just go, okay, this is what everybody else is doing. And it's kind of a mob mentality. We go to church and we just sit there in and among everybody else doing that. That's what we see the couple in front of us doing when they drop their kids off. So that must be what we do. A lot of parents don't even ask their kids what they learned in Sunday school. They don't even follow up through the week. You know, a lot of churches have awesome take-home sheets and, you know, try this cool Bible time activity, try this, whatever. And the majority of families do not do that. However, they, I mean, there's some families that do, they do utilize those resources and they want more, but they don't know what to do beyond that. So I really do think that the church and the family should be working together to disciple kids. You know, the D6 ministry is amazing resource for that kind of stuff, but I feel like it's, it really comes down to being ignorant and being trained one way instead of actually reading the Bible for ourselves to find out what God says about it.
0: Yeah, no, that's really insightful. I appreciate that perspective. So uh, as you're thinking about, you know, the, the health of, a family the health of uh spiritual health right of mm-hmm. a child this process of discipleship um i i get the sense that your vision is greater right than just the child's spiritual health or just the family's spiritual health so can you do you have any thoughts on how um those things might contribute to the greater health of a church because it seems like we've talked about even before mm-hmm. it's a little bit more of a systemic problem right yeah. what we're what we're seeing in especially american churches And so how is um, what you're addressing and working on kind of the root or the base, right? And how does it kind of permeate out from there into church and society?
1: Yeah, well, it's, we'll start with foundation. Um, I think that we don't necessarily know we're disobeying God. Um, when you disobey God in one area of your life, it, de- it definitely permeates to the other areas because it it can turn into a, a, like a real selfishness thing. And so, of course, that's going to affect um, if everybody's making that same choice within a church, within a community, then it's going to affect the whole community. But if you go back to it, so discipleship in the home is actually a command from God. So I'm going to read Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8. This is yep, what it says. Right. This is the foundation for all of it. Listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, find them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. So this passage is like chock full of um, awesome, good ideas about what it actually looks like to disciple our children in our homes. And it lays out a really good discipleship pan- plan. So, so the, it, it starts with love God yourself with all of you and know God's word. That's what it starts off with is you cannot disciple what you do not know. So, mm-hmm. and so really what it does when we agree to say, oh yeah, we agree with God. We do need to disciple our own children. It means we got to take our own faith seriously first. And that's yeah. part of the problem. Going back to that right. question you just asked, why do people not do it? Because I hear so often from parents, I can't do it because I don't know the Bible myself. I am ignorant myself. I wasn't trained this way. I don't know how to do it. And I'm not sure I have the time to do that. I'm not sure it's, it's an insecurity thing and it can come down to a laziness thing. I'll be honest, but really it's them just not knowing. So there's, it starts there. And then it says, teach your children God's word. And that gives all these great times to do it. So when you sit at your house, which is what we do when we eat. So during meals, when you walk around the road or on the go or in our goings is what that means. When you lie down at bedtime, when you get up in the morning, all those different times of day, you can use those times to disciple your children and to talk to them about God and his truth. So. I think that's really important. And then, you know, reminding your children of God's truth is in your home. I'm not saying you have to buy everything from Hobby Lobby, but (laughs) there's some really good things out there that are just scripture that you can put up that are reminders to our kids. You know, my parents actually used to put scripture by our door because of the scripture. I mean, and as a reminder, as you go out, you represent Jesus. And I think that's, that's really cool. And I think when parents don't disciple their children at home, uh, we're, we're, we're disobeying God. Um, God's call his parents, uh, the children are only getting spiritual vitamins and not meals. And most of them, this is a major problem are graduating from their faith when they graduate from high school. And we talked about this. One of the biggest things is that the statistic is still over 80% of teens, Christian teens or people who would say they grew up in a Christian family graduate from the faith when they graduate from high school. What that means is they leave the church. Right. Part of the problem is the way that we have designed youth ministry is that it's all about them. They don't get intergenerational experience at church because they're sequestered far away because they're loud and crazy. And so they they don't know what it looks like to be a Christian adult. So mm-hmm. we need to have them with us. That's good for everybody. It's good for grandparents and aunts and uncles. It's good for the littler kids. It's good for everybody to have those intergenerational experiences. And when parents are intentionally discipling, discipling their children at home and at church, it affects the whole church community because they're encouraged, inspired, and empowered to do what they're supposed to be doing as well. So I think I think that's huge. And then when parents yeah, I do think, disciple, oh,
0: go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, like to to jump in there, like one of the things that I experienced, you know, in, in youth ministry was that so you, you're talking about like they graduate from their faith. And I think part of that was because we had only ever given them like a veggie Tales faith, right? Yes, and, absolutely. And ve- I don't have anything against veggie Tales; Like my kids watch veggie, veggie Tales. But yes. like an 18-year-old getting ready to graduate and go to college needs more than VeggieTales. And so my youth ministry had an emphasis on apologetics, right? On worldview okay. and things like that. And so uh, what we were trying to do constantly, myself and the other leaders, was always shoot slightly above their head with what Mm. we were teaching because we were constantly trying to stretch them to that next point of understanding that next, uh, you know, level of depth in their faith. And I think that, the problem is that sometimes we can rely on all those kind of canned stories like you've talked about in Scripture, which are good. They are Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, when they're not connected to to how do I view the world, how do I understand who I am and who God is and the grand story that's playing out, right, that I get to be a part of, I think it's exactly like I saw, I saw in my own ministry exactly what you're talking about. The kids graduate out of that because they've left it behind. Right. They've yeah. outgrown. And and part of it is the leader's fault, part of it's the parents' fault. Um, not giving them a faith that grows with them, but mm-hmm. that they end up outgrowing.
1: And part of it is their fault. You know, yeah, I yeah, least, yeah. I see I've had a handful of students who went, now this is my faith. They own it, they start reading the Bible on their own, and really it does come down to that, reading the Bible on their own and yeah. and engaging. And that's a whole nother thing we'll talk about soon. But I think that when they have the ability to serve, when we give them the platform to serve, when we give them those opportunities, they engage in their church, they see there's a value there. And I think it's really sad that so much, you know, how many youth ministries always do relationship month in February, they always do these kind of things. And so then when they get into big church, and they're sitting there, and the relate, and the, the sermons are about you know, sure relationship, maybe it's a marriage series. That's great. They're not married. That doesn't relate to them. Raising kids doesn't relate to them. They don't know how to hear those messages and go, okay, I need to tuck this away for later. I need to share this with my friend. I need to wait, God, what is it that you're telling me in this? We haven't trained them to do what we would call Christian filtering. Like Mm -hmm. what, what is God saying to me in this and what's right and true. And so, because when we're in youth group, we're just literally talking about, this is how you live out your faith as a team. That's what we talk about. And so, yeah, we got to expand that for them. I think that would be helpful. And, And really that comes to parents being able to talk about their faith all the time. Who are you ministering to at school? Who are you reaching out to on the team? Who are you like integrating their faith into every aspect of their life? And especially in their home life, you know, the way that siblings treat each other, that's on parents, you know, and if you are, you are used to beating up your sibling and yelling at them and being cruel. What's that mean for their marriage? Like, that's really scary, you know? And that's what we're yeah. training is okay if we allow those behaviors. And that's part of discipling our children is treating, is teaching them how to treat other people at home and in other places. That's totally. Yeah, a that's anymore. a
0: good, that's a good point. I mean, you're talking about more than just discipleship of the mind, which discipleship of the mind is really important, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. got to know their Bible, but then how, how are we living that out? Like making yeah. those points of application and connection in the home.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was just talking about what it looks like when parents don't disciple their children, but what it looks like when they do disciple their children too, like we were just talking about is good marriages, eventually good parenting, eventually all those things, but God's plan works. We can trust him when he says, this is what I want you to do. When we do that, things line up. That doesn't mean we're not going to get cancer. That doesn't mean that you're never going to, you know, you're, husband or wife is never going to leave you all those things, but we can trust him to lead us and guide us through all those things. And part of it, that's what I was telling you. I was going to talk about a little bit more. I actually wrote a book through my blog and it's called four keys to keeping your children engaged in church. And I talk about those kind of things, how to disciple your kids. So the first key is intentional spiritual training in the home. That's what I talk about so, so, so much because We need to know that it's important. We need to know how to do it. And so I talk a lot about that. And then the second key is big church involvement. So what that means is, like I said, intergenerational ministry, sitting in big church and experiencing, looking around at the grandpas and uncles and and aunts around you and how they're worshiping God and learning how to take notes when somebody's giving a sermon and being okay that this music is not my jam, but I know it honors God. And so I want to be a part of the community. And so I'm going to, you know, engage in that. And then also building relationships with the different people and you know, sitting in front of me that I'm praying for that person and I'm building relationships with them. And that's part of being part of the body of Christ. And when we sequester them only to the youth room all the time, they don't get that. They are deprived of that. And and we don't want that for them. And so then the third key is the church skill set. My husband and I kind of co- coined that phrase. It basically is how to serve at church in different ways. So we serve Within our willingness, we serve within our gifting, but we have to know what our children's gifting is. You probably know right now what your, I mean, you yourself, you probably know right now, CJ, what your kids' bents are.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: maybe you're seeing hospitality in one of them. Maybe you're seeing leadership in one of them. Maybe you're seeing, you know, it's really funny in, in nursery, our first kiddo uh, was leading other people. Yeah. Basically, she's just bossing people around all the time. Yes. <laughs> and like, we're going to play this game. And she would get everybody in the whole nursery, including the leaders to play these games. And like, lead is really funny because somebody said to me, what looks like bossiness is actually leadership. Yep. And it's, total- you can see it all over her life. Like she's such a leader. And so that starts really early, especially if it's a spiritual gifting.
0: When Piper so we- was two, we had her in nursery. And I remember one day I came to pick her up. And uh and I caught them, I caught the nursery workers kind of like mid mid-chuckle, right? And they uh-huh. were handing her to me. And I was like, what's going on? And they're like, let's just say that uh Piper runs this nursery with an iron fist. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> see yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and then Luke
0: is, you know, he's the kid just the other day um at his preschool, you know, they were telling us how he stopped and was praying for kids, you know, and he's oh. three. And so, you know, he's he's a little bit more tender hearted. And so mm-hmm. he's not quite as out front in front of things as mm-hmm. Piper is, but uh, he's much more like tending to the to the needs and sensitive to the emotions of other people. So
1: that's amazing. Dude, that could yeah. be a spiritual gift of encouragement, spiritual gift of faith. It could be so many things that so fun to see him. And I love seeing that in my children and in other people's children, especially as a church leader. I see um, the, these things in my Sunday school kids and I go, hey, parent." Go. I know you see this, but this is something they can do with this. This is how you can serve together as a family. And and part of what we treat try to teach our kids is to, to have utility built serving skills. So that that church skill set that they know how to serve in children's ministries as soon as they're old enough. But honestly, preschoolers can be serving a church. That prayer ministry that your son has, that's strong. Yeah. That is yeah. strong. And having him start praying through the, you know, your church directory or you know, giving your daughter opportunities to lead, you know, as soon as you can, that that stuff really instills stuff. And then giving them opportunities to stack chairs and do things that need to be done and see needs and meet those needs and learn how to, you know, hand out the bulletins, learn how to, whatever the thing is in your church that they can do and be part of is really going to help them because what happens is students graduate from high school. They go to college, they go to church right away. Like we've, okay, you gotta go find a church. You gotta go find a church. I mean, I call students. I'm not even kidding. First week there in college. I'm like, Hey, what church did you go to? And sometimes I even find out what town they're going to find a list of good churches, give them the list of good churches, call the youth that You know what I mean? Like, Oh, do I've been work.
0: down this road. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yep. Do the work so that they get plugged in because you know, you don't want them to be that statistic. But what happens if they don't have a church skill set, they are going to be served. They go to that building and go feed me, teach me, you know, let me sing the songs I want. Give me the donuts I like all those things instead of going and saying, hey, these are all the skills I have. I can help you in these ways. Do you need me? Right. You know, and and when they do that, it's a totally different world it's a totally different world for them because they just automatically transfer over into that adult Christianity where they continue to learn and grow, but they continue to serve. And I think that's, I think that's huge. And then the fourth key is the age stage group involvement. It's really important for everybody to spend time with people that are in their same age, in their same stage, they can talk about, they can relate together with, you know, it's, it's very hard to teach children's ministry without children's Bibles, you know, it's, yes. I get why Tales does it the way they do it. Like we are talking about, you know, um, but it's also really good for us to be able to, okay, now let's take the next step in your faith. Let's do this together. Ask them appropriate questions and get them thinking and applying their faith. And especially like you were saying, apologetics, the heavier stuff for teenagers, making sure that they can talk about the stuff that's really happening. You know, when I started in youth ministry 25 years ago, well, however, longer than that. I didn't have to deal with the LGBTQ stuff. I Hmm. I just didn't have to. And we had a stage just before COVID in our youth group that we had two kids who were there who had just been uh, adopted by a lesbian couple. We had a kid who decided to be pansexual. We had a kid who decided to be transsexual and a gay boy. All coming to our youth group at the same time. None of them were believers. God just right. brought them and it was crazy. But I tell you what, I was not prepared for that. I did not have training for that. I did not have, you know, so all I did was I ended up doing a series on identity and, and it was really, really good. We lost them after COVID, but all of them got to hear the gospel. And I was glad about that. But what it did for me was open the door to what my children deal with on a regular basis at school. And it really helped my discipleship. So that's part of it too, is, is asking our children at home, what they're dealing with at school and yeah. being aware and being attentive and saying, okay, so how do I train my kids to have these conversations? Cause it's not the youth pastor's job. It's right. not the youth director's job to have to train them how to do all this stuff. No, we want to, we do that, but really moms and dads need to set the stage for how do I deal with this? When my teacher is saying these things that are wrong about history they're right. they're incorrect about history. How do I handle that and be respectful? How do I you yeah. know all those things? That's part of discipleship.
0: Yeah. You know so, Francis Schaeffer, he's like one of my intellectual heroes, but uh he said that right and he was writing, I think it was in the 80s to be honest when he was writing, but it's still relevant today. He said yes. uh seminaries are churning out pastors ready to answer questions that no one's asking. Yes. Right. And, I, and I've <laughs> thought about that so much. And that really was uh, that really shaped a lot of my youth ministry at the time was because I, I was running into the same things you're talking about, right? Kids struggling with these same things. And mm-hmm. so then that sent me down this path of what are the questions that society is asking right now? Right. Yeah. And And how does the, how does the biblical Christian worldview answer those questions? And so that sent me down this rabbit hole. Of, like I started listening to podcasts by non-Christians, which I wasn't oh, doing so before, good. right? Because I wanted to, I wanted to basically listen in on these conversations that were mm-hmm. happening because I could better understand one, what they were struggling with and the way that they would answer the deeper questions of life. Like, why am I here?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so anyways, yeah, I, I think that we run into this, even with our children, that we train them up with all of the good Sunday school answers, which is important. They need to know those things. Mm-hmm. but then the, the more nitty gritty nuts and bolts of the things are going to run into in this particular culture and context.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's younger and younger. I mean, I hate to tell you, I know you guys are about to start elementary school, but yeah, having those conversations, like part of the train your child curriculum that I wrote was God created marriage. God created one man, one woman. and 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 it's just teaching our kids those basic truths that are in the Bible. And then what do you do with people who don't believe the same thing you do? Like, how do you respond when you do have, you know, a classmate with two mommies or two guys? How do you respond to all those things? And how do you do it with compassion and love and grace in such a way that you're magnetic and not repulsive to them? Right. And that's that again, that's part of our job as parents is to be training our kids about those areas. And it's hard. It's hard. And yeah. especially when most of the time the church isn't addressing it. The church isn't training parents how to do that. So, and then that just brings it back. Parents got to be in the Bible on our own too. We need to be learning those things and 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 being prepared for what God wants us to do to train our kids, so.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, a lot of what you're saying goes back to, if you want to disciple your kids, you have to be the disciple first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I read yeah, one I think... time. Oh, go ahead. No, no, uh, you go ahead.
1: I read one time that you want to be following Jesus so closely that if you stepped out of your way, your kid would run into him.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: I just love that picture because that's what we need. You know, I want to be holding on to him. I want to be holding on to him so tight so that when they're holding on to me, that that's what they're getting. You know, they're getting him for me. They're not just getting me.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that part of the struggle is that our society right now does like a quick fix to things. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that we've gotten our, it's taken years to get ourselves in this situation. And so yeah. probably a quick fix isn't going to get us out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, you know, I have high blood pressure, so I'll take blood pressure medication instead of changing my diet. Right. And doing yes. the harder work to correct it. And mm-hmm. so we see this problem where, you know, our, our children are leaving the faith as they're graduating or they're not getting discipled. And so we look for a quick fix, you mm-hmm. know, list. you know, uh, watch this video or whatever it might be instead of the harder work of, no, I need to be a more dedicated and an intentional disciple for my child's sake. Right. And doing the the long-term work instead of focusing on the short-term fix, Mm -hmm. or I need this different youth program or, you know, youth (laughs) ministry should be more fun at church. And then my kid would be more engaged and Uh uh, which is stuff that I've heard. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ministry's not, not fun enough for my kids. So. Yep. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, so uh one of the things that I noticed or I picked up on as I was exploring your website, which is bethmeverden.com, right? Yeah, okay uh, so as I was exploring that uh, and, and looking through resources, like the the overwhelming sense that I got was one uh, this is this is a hopeful environment and mm-hmm. an encouraging environment. Good, thank and you. so, and I felt like that was just kind of, like I said, kind of overwhelming going through the resources. Like this isn't intimidating. This isn't, you know, beating up on parents. This is, Hey, I'm, you know, basically I'm proud of you. You've recognized this is a need. So here's how we do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that, that was really encouraging. So I would encourage anyone listening to go check out uh, best website, but I was going to ask you, so let's say not through a digital form. Let's imagine, you know, you're kind of in this scenario where you, uh, are sitting down with a couple of, let's say, moms in particular, yeah. right? And so uh, the first would be like the younger mom that uh, is realizing, hey, my kids are are not getting discipled. They're growing up quickly. I realize I'm kind of behind on this already. It feels like a late start. But is there still, mm-hmm. is there still hope? Is there still a way, right, to start now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe the other mom would be one with adult children who mm-hmm. is. Uh, who is staying up late, uh, praying for kids that aren't attending church anymore, right, who aren't discipling their own kids, um, who maybe still say they're Christians, but there's not a lot of uh, intentionality there. And so they're kind of heartbroken over that. You know, how, how would you approach these two different women if you were in a room sharing some tea or coffee with them?
1: Oh, you got it. Tea—it's totally tea, tea right now. Okay, that's. that's in a, I knew bowl. on the website
0: it was some warm drink. I can remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. Actually, on my website, it's funny. I'm like, okay, you are now in my living room. We're going to sit down and have some tea. Yeah, let's Yeah. 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 So we're now in my living room.
0: Think about all this. It was a great like word picture.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks. Okay, so I want to talk to young mom first. Um, I'm super proud of you for showing up because it's really intimidating. So there's two things that happen with with young Christian moms right now. The first one is. They feel dumb, they feel ignorant, and so they don't even do the work. They go, I know how to teach ABCs, I know how to teach colors, I'm just gonna leave it there and trust God with the rest of it. Um, and then the other opposite is women that are looking for help, and it is overwhelming. There are so many resources out there right now, especially for young moms. And the question is, like, what do I even start? Like, what do I even do? How do I, is it too late, especially if I have a seven year old? If I, you know, we'll talk about the teen stuff later, but what do I do when I haven't done this yet? And really honestly, whatever you do is going to make a difference. Whatever you do is more than when they've gotten before. So, praying at bedtime, those kind of things. So basically, we're going to we're going to bring it down to show and tell. Everything we do in parenting, discipleship is all about showing and telling. So, showing when you're serving without complaining, mama, when you are living attentively, paying attention to what they need, your husband needs, your children need, When you're living your life for God's glory, you're representing Jesus to your children. And more importantly than them seeing other adults at church living for Jesus is seeing you living for Jesus at home. That you're not screaming at them when you're mad. It's okay to be angry and yell, but it's not okay to flip out because you're losing control because you're not trusting God with their decisions. So there's that. So showing is super important. And then the next part is telling. So thanking God before meals, praying with them before bed, talking about Bible stories and truths with them throughout the day. My favorite thing to do when I had kids at home, especially through preschool, was using breakfast because you have a captive audience. So you have the Bible story time or devotional time, really short things. We used to love, there's this awesome resource from Focus on the Family called Sticky Situations. And it's just a scenario story. It's really funny because it's from the... From the '90s, so I had to translate like all the things, like a CD. <laughs> I mean, not a CD, like a cassette tape, or all these, oh all these different goodness. things. But but it was fun. And it and it says, okay, so what should this kid do? And then in the back of the book, it's got a scripture and it's got some questions to talk through. And it takes five minutes. It takes five minutes to talk through that stuff. And that's for older kids. But there's my favorite Bible resource is the Jesus Storybook Bible, and it's amazing. Because it's Jesus all the way through the entire Bible. All the Old Testaments end with him. All the Old Testament stories end with him. It's just an amazing resource. And so breakfast time is the perfect time to do that. The other thing is to listen to scripture songs throughout the day when you've got kids at home. I love Seeds Family Worship. They've got almost all their music is word for word scripture. So as your kids are learning songs, they are learning scripture. It is amazing. And then also the um, songs from Joyland uh, resource is really, really good. Look that up on Spotify. And that's all scripture. That's all, you know, or Jesus loves me and kind of the basic songs. And they're not cheesy. They're really, really fun. So those are kind of what I do with that. And then also what I created, I started when my daughter was two doing what I would call theme weeks. And you can find this on my website when you go to the blog there. And it was all about like, I would pick one theme for the week, like water week. Okay. In the summertime. And so we would have an extra long bath time and talk about, you know, Jesus walking on the water. We would have, uh, uh, we would do like (laughs) water games outside with the hose or those kind of things. I'm talking 10 or 15 minutes where you go, you know, Moses parted the Red Sea. Anything that has to do with water in the Bible. And I actually wrote them all up for my kids. And then I just posted them online. And one of the resources that's free on my resource page at BethMeverden.com is the alphabet theme weeks. So it's a PDF that has every letter of the alphabet. Has inside ideas, outside ideas, and adventure ideas that are all biblically focused for all the letters. And it's just what I did with my kids. And I wanted to make sure that there's some kind of resource for mamas that is free, that's out there for when you're teaching your kids, the alphabet to make it fun. So there's, there's that. And then basically it's just whenever you get the chance to talk about your faith, to ask them what they learned about in Sunday school, to ask them what they think they want to pray about, to pray together, get them praying out loud because a lot of adults don't like to pray out loud. I'm sure you see this all the time, CJ. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Don't
1: want to pray out loud. Do you know why? Because they didn't do it as kids. It was not an organic thing in their home for everybody to pray. And so or either either that or they were forced to, and it was this big yucky thing, but if you say, "Hey, this is what we do, this is the expectation in our family. What do you want to pray about, and let's pray together and pray about when when grades are bad, pray about when this one kid was mean to this other kid, whatever it is whenever you have the opportunity to pray, pray because it really does help your kids and so to that young mama you've got you've got so many resources, just pick one and just do it whatever you have, whatever you're feeling drawn to, just do it. And it doesn't have to be every day for two hours. It can be 20 minutes a week. It can be five minutes of praying, you know, at different meals, that kind of stuff. So, so, there's yeah,
0: so let's ahead. say, sorry, let me throw out one more thing. So, yeah. uh, so that's so encouragement for her, as far as resources for her kids, is there any direction that you would point her to, for her own discipleship? Because, uh, you know, we just talked about like she needs to be growing. Right. Or the dad uh, yeah. needs to be growing. Parents need to be growing. Uh, is there a direction that you would say, hey, go start here if you want to go deeper because she needs to dig her well deeper so she has more to draw from for her kids. Right.
1: Absolutely. OK, two awesome resources right away. First is Version, The Bible.com Version Bible app is free and there are. I don't actually know like thousands of Bible Mm. devotions on the, I don't even know how many there are. So, so many. And they're super simple. I remember nursing our third kid with my Bible app open and doing my devotional during that time. And it was so precious. It was so cool. I would just read the scripture out loud as I was, it was so cool. So there's really good resources there. Also, I, if you sign up for my email list, I send out a weekly parenting encouragement devotional first thing, Monday morning. And it just is an encouragement. For whatever's going on at that time, I'm actually using it to write a new book. It's called Do the Right Thing because it's the right thing to do. And so it talks specifically to the mamas about what that looks like in our faith. And then it gives resources that you can do with your kids. And so there's that. But there are so many Bible studies out there. There's so many, you know, Good Morning Girls is one of my favorites. Well, watered woman. They've got all these really good um, free discipleship materials bible studies that you can do and really i would say go find somebody who that you respect at church and you are like man i would really like to be like her and see if you can have a coffee sometime with her or a play date or something like that and say okay what are you studying, and just start having some time with them to be mentored spiritually to be encouraged and that somebody you can be encouraging there too. And then that's going to totally trickle down into your relationships with your kids. There's this awesome ministry from a long time ago. It was called DCLA at the beginning of 2000s. It was an evangelism conference that they did in youth ministry. And one of their main things was they would say, okay, so here's the spigot of water and that's Jesus flowing. And when you as the cup go and stay underneath that water spigot, you get filled up, but then what's flowing out of you is Jesus. But then when you separate yourself from Jesus and you try to pour into other people's cups um, on your own, you're going to go empty really, really fast. And so that is something I would really encourage is to stay connected, stay in that flow so that what comes into your children's lives from you is the overflow of Jesus in, their, in your life instead of just whatever you have left.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. The reminder that's not meant to be done in isolation is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many really good moms groups. Mops is out there. There's the um, Bible Study Fellowship, BSF and CBS Community Bible Studies. Um, Really, really, really good stuff. And then those two programs, I know that um, CBS has an amazing children's program as well, especially if you're going to end up doing homeschool stuff. I would take I took all three of my kids to that in part because the children's ministry program is solid. It's so, so good. And I got to be with other moms and and learn the Bible. And it was really, really good. So whenever you can do stuff like that, it doesn't have to be during the day. If you work full time, figure out a way to do it in the evening. There's lots of resources for you as a mom.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk to the grandmas um, (laughs) that have that heartache of their kids, you know, whether they, they tried to disciple their kids and it didn't stick or they, they didn't, they didn't realize that they were supposed to be doing that and left it to the church. And then it didn't stick. Whatever that reason is, please understand that most kids who are raised in the faith and have made a decision for Jesus come back. So you need to have that hope that most of the people who, um, come back, well, what happens to those kids, a lot of times they have their own children and then that prompts them to go back to church. <laughs> so the prodigals <clears throat> is a lot of what happens there. So have hope there. But the big thing, um, the big thing with them is to, if you do have grandchildren, if your children don't believe and you do have grandchildren, you can continue to disciple your grandchildren, obviously with your parent, with your, with their parents, your children's, Uh, approval but there's a lot of really really good resources that you can do so that it's not done one of them is a is an awesome ministry called family time training so it's famtime.com and they put out these great activity books that are for like their goal is like 20 minutes a week of spiritual discipleship that's fun the activities are really really fun and you can do those when you have your grandkids at your house even if it's just christmas like once a year you can have an intentional biblical time with your grandkids So I think that's one really good thing to think about. And yes, I know you're spending a lot of time praying. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep praying because God is so much stronger than you are. And he's going to bring people. One of the things that's really funny, I was just um, talking to this young woman at school the other day. God typically will give me a mom that I'm supposed to connect with and present the gospel to as I'm waiting for my kid to come out of school. It's happened every year. I've been doing it for 12 years now. And this year's mom, um, <laughs> is, is really hardcore. She's so, so cool, but she's definitely an atheist, definitely, um, into some very, very dark things. And I was able to present the gospel to her last week. And it's funny. Cause she's like, I'm not interested, but I do want to talk to you more about it. So I was like, oh, that sounds like the book this of Acts. sounds
0: like you're interested.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I think that's the But the cool thing was, she told me that her grandma is a believer and her sister is a believer. And I was like, oh, I'm a prayer answered right here. Because that's what happens is that right. when we pray for our loved ones, we pray that God would bring people into their lives to be Jesus in their lives. And it's really fun to see that on the other side. But I know that that happens so often that there's grandmas praying, there's mamas praying that are saying, God, please Bring people and he will do that. He is faithful to that. He will bring other people in their lives to help them go, Oh, maybe this is something that I need to reconsider. So, so don't stop praying. The other thing too, is to adopt a family in your church, because there are so many families who don't get to live near family and they don't have babysitting. They don't have excuse me, that extra support. Um, so you can be adopt them to pray specifically for their family, along with praying for your children and their families. You can do family time training activities with other people's kids too. You know, you could babysit so they could go have a date night and you do some fun, really act, active and exciting things with them to encourage their faith and also feed them. You know, I'm sure you're an amazing <laughs> cook. Give them food, give them opportunities to have that intergenerational relationship. And part of that is discipleship. And the other thing is, if you're feeling that void because you're like, man, I didn't do it right, or I'm so frustrated, I don't know what to do, go volunteer in Sunday school. Go volunteer. They need you. They need you. Volunteer in Sunday school. Go volunteer in the youth ministry. Get connected in any, in any way you can because, you know, so many people don't volunteer in, well, in nursery because they're tired, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but
0: they've, but done <laughs> they've
1: done their time. And I've heard that so many times. I'm like, man, we need your wisdom. We need that wisdom. We need that experience in both of those areas, in children's ministry and in youth ministry. So there's lots of lots of ways that you can be discipling the way that you were designed to disciple your children, their children, and really, you don't know if you are discipling your grandchildren, what that's going to do in your children's lives. So often it's the children who bring the parents to church. That's why we're still doing Vacation Bible schools, as American Christian Church. You know, so many kids, hundreds of children accept Jesus every year at Vacation Bible School. And eventually that affects their entire family and those families come to church. So who knows what your ministry is going to be able to do um, directly or indirectly. So don't give up. So my big, my big encouragement to both of those kind of mamas is Galatians 6-9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. It is never too late. It is never too late to start discipling your teenager. It is never too too late to disciple even your adult child. God is bigger than that. God is bigger than that, and He is already working in their hearts. You just gotta come alongside what He's already done.
0: Yeah? that's awesome. Yeah, so encouraging. That was a. a to be honest, uh, it was encouraging exactly the way I expected it, just because of what I read on, on your <laughs> website and the, the other things that I've seen. So I really, really appreciate that because I think that um, both of those scenarios, right? Hypotheticals that I threw past you mm-hmm. are um, are probably a lot more common than we realize. Oh, and I think yeah. people probably don't talk about where they're nervous that they have failed at some point, right? Mm-hmm. That's a That'd be a hard thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. um, or, or they're they, it's hard to talk about. Like, I don't know where to begin, even though I've been calling myself a Christian for so long. That would, that yeah. could be a, a weird barrier to try and cross, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I really appreciate that. um Okay. A couple, take a couple minutes, and I would love yeah. for you to plug everything, Beth, Beth Meverden Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> train your child ministry. So um, all the different places people can connect with you, all the different places they can find your resources, talk about um, what you have you know, coming up in the future, things you're working on, like take your time and go through that stuff.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So uh, one of the things I love that you said earlier was that this did not come, this ministry did not start because I wanted money and <laughs> my name out there and that kind of stuff. As a matter of fact, I fought against that for a really long time. But what I realized is I want to do what it takes to get this information, this kind of training, this kind of empowerment out to whoever can take it. Because I do think that stuff like my book, The Four Keys for Keeping Your Children Engaged in Church, if people took that seriously, it could really change the way that we all do church, the way that we disciple our children, those kind of things. And so I just want you to have that resource. So that's going to be published through Acoma Press sometime in 2024. And I don't know when yet, so so try to get connected. The best way to connect with me is to get on my email list. If you go to BethEverettin.com on the homepage, it tells you. Um, it just kind of introduces me a little bit, and it says, you know, yes, I want free resources and tools, that kind of stuff. And so just click on that button. Give me your name. Give me your email. And the, you're going to get three things from that right away. You're going to get the weekly parenting encouragement emails on monday mornings and then also you're going to get my discipleship map which is how to help your children take the next step in their faith and that's one of my favorite favorite things that i have out there it answers these questions It answers uh have my so you ask yourself a question and then based on how you answer it you you take the advice. So have my children accepted God's gift of salvation through Jesus? If yes, then go to the next chapter. If no, here's how to present the gospel to your kids. Second question. Do my children know how to talk to God in prayer? If yes, great. Go to the next one. If not, here's how to teach your kids how to pray. Number three, do my children know how to read the Bible on their own? If yes, awesome. And if you're preschoolers, there's advice. I mean, if you have preschoolers, there's some advice there. Um, But it also tells you how to teach your children how to read the Bible on their own or how to engage them as preschoolers. And then the last question is, do my children know how to share the good news about Jesus? If yes, awesome, you're doing so, so good. And there's some more resources um, tabs for you. But if if they don't know how to do that, which is very typical, just so you know, then I give you some resources to help them know how to share their faith. So that's awesome. That's free just for getting onto my email list. And then the third thing is you're going to be the first to know when resources become available. So like I just said earlier, I'm starting a new book that I'm writing through my blog, which is do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And what the cool thing with that is this is what comes to your emails. If you sign up for the email list. And so you're actually going to get to read the book before anybody else ever sees it before it's ever published. So what happened with my, my four keys book is I blogged the book And then as soon as I got the publishing contract, then I took it off my blog. And so then, you know, so I'm just saying you could read a book for free and get some really good resources. There's that. So there's also the resources tab on bethmeverden.com. And it tells you all the different, yeah, so many different resources that I (laughs) encourage. uh, Lots of free stuff. The The Alphabet Theme Weeks is there. There's a link to that. It's a PDF that you can download for free. I also have, this is a whole nother conversation, but Uh, we lost a a child to miscarriage in 2015. So we're coming up on nine years and it was an awful, awful experience. I tried really hard. What I felt like I needed was something that could walk me through the first two weeks of losing our baby. And what I found were one-off blog posts and books. And I was like, I can't live there forever and I need more than this. So I ended up writing a devotional for myself to, to walk me through that whole process. And it turned into a blog, so it's the three you can see one in my heart blog, so uh, it's three you can see at wordpress dot and that's on the resources page as well and it's over the years since it's been nine years now it's turned into a, i think I think we're at like thirty one devotional, so it can be a whole month, but I also put together a PDF that is a two week devotional. For free, just for mamas that need it, right when that happens, when they've lost a baby and they don't know where to turn, and it just points them to Jesus over and over and over and over and over. So that's a resource that, um, is part of, is part of this. And also today, just for listening to the podcast, CJ is going to put up a link, uh, that of a, of a PDF that I made for you. That is just a bunch of resources, parenting resources that I believe in that have worked for our family that have worked for other people. And it includes stuff like family time training. It includes the national center for biblical parenting, some of the other people that I have worked with. And I really believe in the ministries that they do. And just want to make sure that you all have that, that kind of encouragement. So, yeah
0: awesome yeah there's gonna be there's gonna be a wealth of uh information and links to resources in the show notes of this episode so definitely take the time to scroll down and look at those things um man Beth, I'm just super encouraged by <laughs> you're like you're just such a prolific worker for the kingdom um to be honest like it it reminds me so i I like to read a lot about like historic historic theology and mm-hmm. you know yeah, uh people from the past and so One of the things that really stands out to me about like the Puritan era was they were so prolific, right, in their writings and in their producing of resources for other Christians. And I don't know, it just kind of reminds me of that. Like you just, you put out so much quality content. Um, I mean, obviously more than I've even been able to go through on my own yet. Um, but just, I guess, thank you, you know, for the work, uh, you're doing oh, for the kingdom, crazy. the work you're doing for parents and for, um, this discipleship, uh, I guess you'd call it deficit that we're seeing, you know, in, mm-hmm. in American Christian homes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I think the future is bright. I think this is going mm-hmm. to start correcting itself because we're going to start recognizing in, uh, a greater need for these yeah. things.
1: And right? what I'm seeing too, just to, to bunny, not bunny trail to clip on that <laughs> is that, Pig back, pig back. Yeah, there you go.
0: It's some animal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, there are so many parents right now recognizing the need? They're seeing something in their child where they're like, man, their faith really could help them in this area. Or if I could, if I can know how to do that, you know. I, so I'm seeing the desire and and people recognizing the void. And so I just want to give people as many resources as I can. Like one of the ministries I just mentioned, the National Center for Biblical Parenting dude, they're awesome. Like any issue that you're having with any age child, they're going to have resources for it. So it's really, really cool. They've got an amazing database. They've been ministering for a really, really long time. And so <clears throat> there, there's resources out there and there is, like you said, the future's bright. There's a lot of hope and we can trust God. And two, when you start feeling overwhelmed, you can trust that God's going to give you the right resources when you need them at the right time. So you don't yeah. have to be afraid you're going to choose the wrong thing and mess your kid up. You know, you can trust him to guide you to that and talk about him, talk about it together as a couple, talk about it, you know, with God and he'll show you the direction to go with it. So
0: Wonderful. awesome. Thank
1: you so much for letting yeah. me be one with you. This is so much fun.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being here. And to be honest, like, I hope it's not our last conversation. I think there's a lot more that we could open up and talk about. And so we hope to have you back. Um, Absolutely.
1: Again, I would love that.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. I would recommend uh, anyone listening, go check out BethMeverden.com. Uh, find those resources in the show notes of this episode. Again, Beth, thank you uh, so much for being here. And thank you listeners for hanging out with us today. And we'll see you next time on c Geology.
1: Awesome, thanks.